Uh, good morning, Brad Klein here for TurfNet Renovation Report, uh, sponsored by Golf Preservations, the Andersons, and Capillary Bunkers. Our guest today is the distinguished director of the green section for the USGA, Dr. Matt Pringle. Uh, Matt, I guess your official title is, uh, it's a long one, Senior Director, USGA Research, Science, and Innovation. Is that right? Oh, that's, you're out of date on that, Brad. Oh, good. What's your... Uh, Managing Director of the Green Section. A lot okay. shorter. Oh, that fits on one business card. Good. Yeah. Um, the Green Section's been around for, what, 100 and I guess 100 years now, right? 100 years. That's right. And tell us what the, uh, the Green Section does, and in particular, it's a course consulting service. That's the one that's of most interest to our superintendents. Okay. Well, um, uh, the, we were launched 100 years ago because there was um, kind of a, a lack of good scientific information about how to um, properly take care of turf grasses on our golf courses. And um, it was originally um, associated with um, the federal government, um, but eventually we became a standalone uh, research organization. And almost right from the get-go, we also were publishing the findings um, in, in USGA publications. Um, and that, that was a, a great program that, that continued on, uh, to this day. It's, it's taken a few different, f- uh, forms, which we can talk about. And then in 1952, we launched the, um, the turf advisory service, uh, which is now called the course consulting service. Um, and so, and so in addition to those, so we've got the research, we've got the communication of that research through our education program, we've got the consulting service and um, brought in from my old job that you referenced um, some new tools that we're building like our Deacon facility app and, and some new um, surface measuring, uh, surface performance measures that we've started to introduce as well. So start to do some research. So we, we, we feel like we've got a really comprehensive team where it starts with the research and the experience of the agronomist in the field. And then, and then we look to disseminate that information and those best practices to our green section record, which is a free publication that everybody should be subscribing to. Uh, if you're not already, um, you can get, you, we can, we can disseminate that, that knowledge through our tools. And then, uh, and then as you reference the most one-to-one and hands-on way that we can, uh, disseminate that those knowledge and best practices through the course consulting service and our agronomists that are situated around the country. Um, there are 15,000 golf courses in the United States spread all over the country. Could you describe the, uh, the regional breakdown that you have for managing the course consulting service? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's intended to be a, a bit of a loose uh, geographic definition because um, uh, we've, got, we've got guys in the, in the West uh, and Northwest, uh, we've got in the central, in the Northeast and the Southeast. Um, and, and as you, as you know, as all the listeners know, um, the issues that come up can be very regional, but there can also be some other, um, things that aren't so regional and maybe the expertise of one agronomist is better suited than, than the agronomist necessarily in that particular region. And, and they tap each other's brains. Um, they tap our, 
the, the head of our research program to get the best knowledge in the hands of the practitioners. Um, in the interest of full disclosure, I should say that I write for the USGA Green Section Record. Uh, and in that capacity, I, I often have the chance to read those reports. Uh, sometimes they're background for the, for the project that I'm writing about. Um, they're fairly technical. Can you describe what a, I, I gather you have a, a full day and a half day consult. What, what, what is the process involved? Who is it involved in that visit along with the uh, Green Section agronomist? Yeah, we, you, you referenced sort of our traditional uh, consulting offering, which is our what we call our half day and full day assessments. And those are either four or eight hours on the ground. Uh, at the golf course and then followed up by, by, as you said, a comprehensive and technical report, which, which takes time to put together properly. Um, but but I, I would say there's, um, there's not any one particular typical visit. It, it, it can be very much a, a general overview, uh, a check-in, you know, sort of an annual check-in with, with the golf course. And in that case, there's often um, a, a green committee if it's a private course, or maybe it's ownership if it's a, um, uh, a for-profit golf course. Uh, it might be just the superintendent. It might be a superintendent and some of uh, their staff uh, and our agronomist. And it may be just a sort of a general, you know, how, do, how, are, we, how are we doing? Uh, and, and more importantly, you know, how are we doing uh, relative to some other places that you might visit? Um, where, where do you see opportunities for us to improve and, and where are we doing just fine? But we've, we've more and more, um, we're also getting into uh, answering very specific questions. So whether it's planning for a renovation, whether it's helping out during a renovation, um, um, selection of, of turf materials, selection of bunker materials, um, and, and even getting into things that aren't so agronomic, like pace of play issues and um, uh, things like that. So we've tried to, we, we're trying to uh, uh, get away from just the, the necessarily the half and full day visits um, and, and get a little more flexible. We, we can, we definitely have options where our agronomists can come in. If it just takes an hour to look at a, at a problem and you just need a follow-up email rather than a full report, we can support that. Or if you want to, if you want to get engaged in a long-term um, uh, engagement where our agronomist is coming in periodically to look at different turf health factors, uh, we, can, we can work with you on that. Um, so, so there's lots of different flexibility. We do offer more than just the half and full day, although those are definitely the most popular ways that we engage with courses today. Um, can you talk a little bit about the non-visit, non-site visit uh, resources, particularly you, you mentioned Deacon as a uh, facility app. Can you talk about that innovation? Sure. Yeah. So, so Deacon um, is a is a um, an online tool that we've been developing for a few years. Um, uh, we we call, started uh, calling it, uh, referring to it this March as uh, as Deacon, and that's in honor of Arnold Palmer's father, who was both the golf course superintendent and the, the golf professional at Latrobe. Um, and and it it is a uh, it's a platform. Uh, I don't want to go too too technologically deep um, because I'd be getting out of my depth. Um, but it involves a bunch of different tools uh, that the golf course can subscribe to. Uh, it includes a whole location app, for example, to to print off the same kind of quality whole location sheets that we use at our championships. 
Uh, it involves resource management. So you can, you can um, enter data around how you take care of each of the different turf areas on the golf course, um, as well as non-turf areas like bunkers, and get an assessment of what each of those areas cost uh, annually. And then you can do some what-if analysis. What if I, what if I change how frequently I'm raking bunkers or, or mowing fairways and roughs? Uh, or, or watering areas that are out of play. We can, you can also change the, um, the physical shape of, of the different areas on the golf course or even delete, look at, look at do what if analysis. What if I take some bunkers out of play and get an assessment of that? So that's a powerful planning tool uh, and really is the genesis of, of Deacon. Uh, but we've added a few more tools. So now we've got um, an application or functionality in there called surface management where you can record the inputs into your putting surfaces um, and record outputs like clipping yield, uh, uh, green speed, uh, hopefully in the future, smoothness of the green, trueness of the green, uh, and, and have some powerful tools to compare those inputs to the outputs and make some good data-driven decisions around uh, making sure that the putting surfaces are, are delivering in the way that you expect them to in the way that your members or your, or your golfers are expecting them to. Um, so it, so it's really is a, is a platform for us to, to start to create new tools. We've got irrigation, uh, annual irrigation budget calculators. We've got four T calculators, uh, and, and a few more things that we're cooking up in the future that, that Deacon's going to allow us to uh, deliver pretty quickly and efficiently. And I gather these tools are designed not just to, uh, facilitate measurement, but also decision-making about what areas need to be more intensively maintained and which areas can be, you know, either abandoned or gone natural or where you don't have to be irrigating and mowing. So there's a strong environmental component to this, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and, and one, of the, one of the tools that we can deliver through Deacon is what we call our GPS service. So for under $1,000, uh, we'll ship you a couple hundred GPS loggers. So they look like little uh, USB thumb drives. Uh, and you, every five seconds, it records where they're going. So the great, the great part of that uh, is that you get a, a real assessment of where golfers are going. And, and we always, I always say, more importantly, where they're not going. Uh, and so that, that gives you the information that you might use to say, am I really – uh, truly targeting the limited resources I have on my golf course to the areas of, that come most into play. And can I, and do I, are there some opportunities there? Maybe working with an architect, uh, there's some opportunities there to take some areas uh, that are either highly maintained uh, now and, and see if, if they can be uh, converted to areas that are, uh, have some lower maintenance. Um, and uh, I'm always, I'm always told by our agronomists to never talk about no maintenance areas because there's no such thing, but, but lower maintenance. Uh, and that's information that that I think um, is is new and and not readily available to a lot of other to a lot of golf courses today. Uh, and and here we're hopefully this is a cost effective way to to give you that knowledge. It, we we try to we never refer to our tools as um, decision making tools. They're they're data driven decision support tools. Um, superintendents are are making you know, wonderful decisions every day in their golf course. And they don't, they don't need Deacon to make those decisions. We, we hope to be a, a good help. The other thing we think it's good for is a, is a communication tool. So yeah. uh, like all of us, we all report to a boss, uh, whether that's a board or an owner or, or members. Uh, and, and Deacon makes a great tool for communicating the data that 
superintendents are using to make their decisions uh, in a way that's sort of readily um, communicatable and, and easily understood by those of those who aren't as technically involved in taking care of the golf course. So we, th- we think it's a, it's a great tool to support decisions and to help communicate. Yeah, it seems to me that the biggest issue that superintendents have is not so much managing turf grass, or that, at least that they're trained for that. But the hard part is the politics and dealing with their boards, committees, uh, municipal councils, and so on. So these are tools that can be tr- used to translate into data that you can visualize and see uh, to help uh, educate, uh, let us call them civilians, if you will, turf yeah. civilians. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, Brad, you know, I've been with the USGA for a very long time, but, but you know, sort of fresh to the green section, only a couple of years. And, and uh, it's, it's clear and obvious to me that that, I think you've nailed it on, nailed it right on the head, is that is probably the biggest challenge that, that golf courses and the, the professionals that, that take care of them um, have to deal with is, is the expectations of their boards and their members or, the, or their golfers and doing that all in a, in a, an environment that's outdoors and, and subject to the, you know, fickle mother nature. It also seems to me that the emphasis on these tools and apps and GPS and information technologies is a way of getting away. I think one of the limitations or the biases of the old uh, course consulting service or, or the established traditional course conser- service is that it's relatively expensive. And I think generally uh, it was utilized more by the elite clubs Whereas these tools are much more available on a, you know, a retail basis, if you will, to a mid-range and low-budget clubs. Yeah, well, so I, I absolutely were trying to make the information available at a, at a price that any golf course can afford. And the, and the green section record is free. So, uh, you know, abs- absolutely there should be no impediment to, to subscribing. And, and frankly, it's not just the green section record, but all the the articles that we've published that we've ever published are, can, can be made available uh, at no cost. And, and the tools uh, are certainly one that we hope um, uh, can, can be seen as, as, as good value. Um, you know, so, you know, for under a thousand bucks, you're getting a, a subscription for a year, but I, I did want to push back a little bit on the notion that, that CCS is expensive. Um, you know, it, it's, um, we try to make sure that we're offering good value. Certainly the fees that we charge don't cover the cost of the program. The USJ definitely supports the program overall. Uh, we, we always think that it's important that um, um, we, we do get uh, golf courses to, to have some skin in the game because the way we look at it, those fees are going right back into giving us the ability to do even more course consulting services. And then, and as I mentioned lastly, uh, you know, we, we can work with any golf course to, um, to find a way to get our knowledge and expertise to them to help them in a, in a way that, that they can afford. So um, hopefully you'll see more of that over time. Um, uh, but, but we're definitely well on our way, I think, to making sure that. And we, and we have a goal of trying to make sure that we're, we're not just um, supporting through CCS, through you know, sort of the high-end clubs, and, and, and we don't. We, we have a, a broad diversity, but we can always do better in, in increasing the diversity of the courses that are taking advantage of that service. Well, I appreciate that. Let's uh, take a little break. This is a TurfNet Renovation Report. My name is Brad Klein. Our guest is Dr. Matt Pringle, who is uh, um, director of the USGA Green Section. 
Introducing Genesis RX, a line of comprehensive fertility and soil amendment solutions specifically designed for aerification, construction, renovation, sodding, sprigging, and seeding. These blends represent the most comprehensive fertilizers the Andersons have ever produced, offering single product solutions designed to simplify fertility and save time in application. To learn more, visit andersonsplantnutrient.com slash turf. The capillary bunker system keeps bunker moisture at optimal levels to eliminate washouts, soil contamination, plugged ball lies, and other bunker maintenance and playability problems. The patented capillary bunker system not only rapidly drains rain from storms, but also moves moisture back up to the bunker sand through capillary action as needed during drier weather. Capillary bunkers last longer, average a three-year payback, and provide better, more consistent player experiences, all with a 10-year performance guarantee. For more information, visit capillarybunkers.com. From fairway and greens drainage to full-scale renovation work, Golf Preservations can handle your project with ease and give you the peace of mind of knowing that professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Since 2005, Golf Preservations has meticulously installed over 500 miles of drainage pipe on more than 300 golf courses nationwide, always keeping disruption of play to a minimum. Visit GolfPreservations.com or call 606 499-2732 to speak with us about your next drainage or renovation project. We're back now with Turf Renovation Report. This is Brad Klein and uh, Dr. Matt Pringle from the, uh, who runs the green section. And I uh, want to thank our sponsors for this section, uh, for this um, session, Golf Preservations, the Andersons, and Capillary Bunkers. Matt, you're, a, you're not an agronomist, but you have quite the technical background. I remember you toting around this little uh, bicycle pump. Uh, I think it was in 2005 at Pinehurst. You were pumping That's, the yep. green. Got Tell it. us. We were trying to find a name for that. What was the firmness meter, as I remember? Uh, we, the, call it, we do call it the true firm now. You, you can... Um, we, we licensed that, that tool out to a, to a company out of Chicago. Uh, so you get you can buy it at retail, but yes, uh, I uh, I'm a mechanical engineer. I, I worked for a long time in the club and ball rules at the uh, at the USBA, but I was always dabbling in science and engineering uh, related to the golf course. So, and one of those things that came out of that my dabbling was the True Firm. So it measures the firmness of putting surfaces, and and it can also do approaches and fairways and tees uh, and bunkers even. So you can get a good assessment of how firm the putting surfaces are and uh, you know i'm it's it's long enough now that i that i have that i have no fear of of recrimination when i say that there's no question that uh the interest in that tool uh around around these walls uh got a lot higher after the 2004 shinnecock open uh and and it, it was it was it was a fun experience i got to uh, to do a lot of work with the green section and and especially Jim Moore from the green section, who I know, you know, well, sure. uh, and a lot of, a lot of your listeners know well, uh, and it, Hey, it got me to a bunch of major championships for a lot of years to, to measure putting surface firmness. And, and we still use it to this day. Uh, and, um, 
and look to hopefully hopefully see a, an improvement and an update of that tool soon. But it, but it was definitely my sort of first foray into directly using science on the golf course. And, and it was a lot of fun. And, and there's, there's no question there was a direct line between that experience and, and where I am today. So yeah, I, I remember lobbying hard in a couple of articles that you should call it the thermometer. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we have, well, there was a lot. There was a lot of names. Most of them were were uh, a lot worse than that one, and we settled on on True Firm. Um, I, I, with uh, with the True Firm as with the um, the Snip Meter, there's always a a risk that it could get in the wrong hands, and people start demanding. Oh, you know, we need. 0.34 or a coefficient of restitution of 0.79 on our greens. And that's a little bit of a trick that you have to work with, isn't it, in the industry? Yeah, no, no, no question about it. And, and you definitely get wide range of, of views on, you know, what to do with a stint meter. Um, uh, some of them are, aren't, um, aren't, aren't uh, family friendly, so I'll, I, won't, I won't even mention that. Um, we got my, it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my view is here's here's my take. We're trying to all of us um, in 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 the in the industry are trying to give deliver golfers a great golf experience, and um, that doesn't mean um, in some cases, in a lot of cases, probably in most cases, that doesn't mean trying to maximize the the, the, the green speed. But I do think that measurement um, has a role. And a place in providing uh, a, a an experience for golfers that meets their expectation, and I think it's on all of us to, um, you know, not try to bury those measurements in the sand, but just take them for what they are. They're 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 a measurement of that, that golfers are likely to notice. Um, we are working on a new tool that can measure smoothness of of the putting surface, um, and we're excited about that. Um, all these are just, they're just, it's just data and it's just information and, and um, it, it doesn't have to be reported out to the golfers unless you'd like to. Um, but um, you know, not having measures of things that we think are likely to uh, factor into the, the uh, experience of the golfers is probably not the direction that I would support it. And, that, and that's not just green speed and firmness and smoothness uh, uh, of the playing surface. It's it's pace of play and having good measures of pace of play, which we know, you know, pace of play is profoundly impacts the experience of golfers. And so knowing measuring and knowing how much they're waiting and how long their rounds are taking. Um, if we don't have that information, then, then I don't think we're being good, effective managers because we know these things can play a role in, in the, the quality of the experience of the golfer. And then, and then those golfers are going out and reporting that on, 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 you know, Google reviews. So at some level, the, re the golfers themselves are reporting out data. So we should, we should have a good handle, I think, of the measures that are, that are going to influence that experience. Well, it's interesting because, you know, it's, it's the same thing with some golfers want to know about uh, launch angles, uh, spin rate, and they've gone on the launch monitors for all this technical data. Others find it a headache, but it's a tool that can be used constructively, or it can also end up being the kind of goal that, that diverts um, smart decision making. So it's a matter of how it's utilized. But no I know that superintendents need to know things like moisture levels, for example, and firmness. And uh, a daily fee facility would like to fi should find out that there's a correlation between uh, green speed and pace of play, and and experience. And you know how 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 did you enjoy your round? So and and I would bet, I would bet that um, 
you know, depending on, on the circumstance that maximizing the green speed is not likely to, you know, A, contribute to good pace of play or B, even contribute to a good, great golf experience. So, right. Yeah. Or contribute to playing by the rules of golf. Yes, right. that's right. That's they'll, right. Never, they'll never finish around. I'm not, I'm not a big stickler for that. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I shouldn't say that with USGM, my shirt, but, but it's true. Well, so. most rounds are not reported in terms of scores. And, you know, okay. I, I think the more that people emphasize fun, the more they'll yeah. emphasize hitting shots rather than finishing out the hole in 12. So, yeah. yeah. And that, and that's, you know, that, that's a, um, uh, so I'm not a golf historian by any means, but, but I have dug into the history of the green section and, and Richard Tufts is an ex a past USGA president, he's past head of the uh, chair of the green section and, and has strong ties to the architects. And, and he, in 1952, he, he characterized um, the USGA's green section as trying to deliver better turf at lower cost. And, and he summed up our mission in that, in that way. And the quality of the turf is, is so important in, in the experience of the golfers that, that, it, that really that mission statement is pretty much um, the same thing that we work on today. We've, we've modernized it a little bit. Now, now we say we want to help golf courses deliver a great golfer experience while reducing the consumption of critical resources. But I think that's just an updated version of you know, better turf at lower cost. And, and we expand our, our viewpoint beyond, beyond turf a little bit to include the non-turf areas, but also things like pace of play and, and, and greater golf experience factors. But um, I, I think we're, we've got the same mission today that we've had for 70 years and 100 years. Yeah, I think it's a good way to put it, that the, the notion of what you're spending is not just money. It's also water, chemical inputs, and um, the health and safety of the crew. So Absolutely. Absolutely correct. Yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, address one issue that the USGA Green Section confronted uh, earlier this year, I think it was, or late last year. There was an effort or an, an initiative to tie uh, the course consulting service into um, a, a sort of a job search function. And yeah. um, there was a bit of a controversy about that. I was wondering if you could address that and how that's been resolved. Sure. Um, so we, uh, we, we, uh, created a partnership um, or we proposed a partnership with uh, GGA Partners, uh, which is a consulting firm, international consulting firm, um, mainly based in, in Toronto, uh, but also with offices in the U.S. and Ireland and really around the world. And, I, and I'll, I'll just, just a, a little bit of background. I've worked with um, the principals at GGA Partners for better than a decade, including uh, doing um, contributing to work on uh, distance insights, um, putting a value on, on improving pace of play, uh, a bunch of different things that, that we've worked on um, uh, over the years. And I really value uh, their ethics and their, their, their skill set and, and how they look to, just like we do, look to be good partners with the, with the golf facilities, not, not just sort of a one-off transaction. And, and when we, we talked about um, the offering, the superintendent search offering, uh, what we concluded was the USGA is in a, with our regional agronomists are in, is in a great um, position to do, to do two things and two things only. Um, one is to go into a golf course that's, that's looking to uh, hire their next superintendent and evaluate critically and, and objectively evaluate what it is that the golf course is uh, challenged with what its opportunities are, what it's looking to do over the next few years, um, and then 
compare that to the skill sets and experience of, of candidates uh, for that opening to say, the, you know, not from a cultural perspective, not from um, uh, any, any other perspective other than to say, what's the technical skills of this candidate and how does that compare to the needs of the golf course? And so we really felt like that was a great place for the USGA to, uh, to contribute to, to a search because um, look, while the green section, um, our customer is really the golf facility as a whole. The fact of the matter is that the superintendent is so influential over so many of the things that, that happen that, that affect the, the experience of the golf course, the golfer that, um, getting a great fit of the skills and the needs of the golf facility is critical to, to doing what we want to do, um, you know, of, of improving the experience and reducing the consumption of resources. So we felt like it was a good tie to our mission. Um, so, so with all those good intents, and, and, I, and I definitely, um, um, notwithstanding the, the pushback and feedback that we got, I still think that that's a good idea. But what we've decided, uh, what, what the kind of feedback we got was that it, it was called into question the the ability of our regional agronomists to to go to golf courses and offer them uh, unbiased um, uh, advice about about the the golf about the golf course and the the role of the superintendent uh, and there were just there were just a lot of questions whether I think that they were grounded in in, in reality or not but there was too many questions about could our agronomists continue to be objective if they're also in the business of, of searching for, for new superintendents? And so we ultimately, we decided that um, um, even though we, we had the best in interests of the facility and the superintendents at heart, uh, we just felt that we were compromising our, our appearance of, of being unbiased. And so we've decided that, that we're, no, we're not going to participate in the evaluation of, of superintendents for um, for job placements in, in the, in the industry. Um, so that's where we're at. It was, um, it was definitely, like I said, as I admitted, I'm, I'm new to the, to, um, to the green sections world. Uh, and I certainly learned a lot of, a lot of lessons and, and hopefully we, we, um, hopefully everyone takes a look at what we did and, and realizes that we were trying to act in the best interests of, of the industry and that, and that we did take that feedback to heart and, and reacted accordingly so you know it's interesting i've i've attended uh, i've uh, walked along many of these turf uh, consulting projects um and read hundreds of reports and i think the usj i think the green section does a very good job of basically trying to help the superintendent make the golf course better and uh suggest all sorts of techniques whether it's uh, more aggressive uh aeration or um application timing or you know which turf grass uh, is recommended um, they do a great job of that, but I think I've seen superintendents spend a lot of time with them. And I think they always feel a little bit defensive when they call in someone else, because it makes some of them feel that, uh, they're being judged by their own committee and their own board. And, uh, it takes a certain level of confidence to be able to accept that. And I think the, as the, as they're written, the reports are very helpful in that regard. But I, I, I think, the proposed plan was going to contribute to the feeling of potential insecurity of superintendents that in the process of you helping them, they were being judged. And um, superintendents, as you know, are in a very difficult position. The demands on them are greater than ever. They have much less labor available. 
you can't even get spare parts. You can't get seed these days. Uh, there's all sorts of pressure. And I have to say, I've been talking to many of them lately, and I have never seen so many who felt, I don't know, the best word is burnt out or fried or just overstressed. And um, it's a very difficult time. As, as, as good as the industry is doing in terms of rounds and interest and ratings and all that other stuff, uh, the pressure on superintendents in particular is extreme. And so it's a very yeah. fine line you have, to, you have to walk between helping and um, criticizing. And, um, you know, yeah, we, we definitely, we, so what we do is we try to, we try to, so first of all, I agree with you. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, the, uh, the pressures are, it's almost a double-edged sword to have all this, um, this, this increase in rounds. I mean, you know, they're, they're not likely seeing a whole lot of new resources and yet uh, right. the, the wear and tear on the golf courses is, uh, more now than it's, than it's been in a long time. And that's great for the industry, but it definitely adds pressure to, to anyone at the, at the, uh, at the golf facility, you know, we all, all I can say, Brad, is that we try to uh, keep as objective a viewpoint as possible in helping the golf facility, and 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 we definitely um, are there uh, to help the golf facility make the, the best decisions it can make. And and nine times out of ten, uh, the the person that is going to be involved with making that happen is the superintendent. Well, that's not to say we're we, we're not apologists for a superintendent. We're not there to defend their actions. We're there to give us our our unbiased uh, advice on what what the best um, uh, steps are. And and sometimes the superintendent agrees with that, and, and almost almost always the superintendent agrees with that. And, and sometimes they don't. But that doesn't um, we don't back down from making um, our reports reflect what we think is the best science. Uh, possible and full stop. And that, that allows us to keep as, as unbiased and objective as possible. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I think the, the greatest value that you bring is a broader base of um, climate pathology experience of what they're going through. Superintendents nowadays, they rely on phone calls, uh, Twitter, chat, sure. uh, walking with their buddies and, it's, and, their, and their colleagues and the occasional meeting. But the circle that they're engaged in on a regular basis is you know within 10 12 miles or so of their facility or or their college uh, uh, colleagues so bringing a, a larger resource base and in that sense it's kind of an extension i remember recently doing some research and reading through early set early pages of uh, it, it had a different name the green the green section uh, record but the, in those days the advice was delivered by letter to the editor with a column uh, and, uh, you know, a couple of hundred words explaining a pathology. By that time, it was, it was probably a three-month gap between the letter sent, the response, and the printed version. But that's how things worked then, and now they work differently. So the advice that you can bring in terms of regional experience, you know, whether it's army, <coughs> excuse me, army worms in the mid-Atlantic or <coughs> annual well, boll weevil up here in the Northeast or something, you know, the range of experience is much broader. So that's a great resource that, that you bring. It, it is. I mean, I, I think. I mean, I think my perspective is that those uh, calling your 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 friends in the in the area or getting on Twitter for for you to your friends in the area that that's that's incredibly helpful and useful advice. And then yeah. we're definitely don't not looking to supplant that. We we're hopefully hopefully in in the rare cases where the, that's not enough, we hope to to complement it. And the other thing is we've got a front row seat to all the research that's going on and and 
you know, the USDA funds a tremendous amount of research, uh, agronomic research every year. And our, our agronomists are, well, they ride shotgun in the, for the committee evaluations of the, of the, the research and, and they've got a front row seat to, to all that research. Uh, and that, that's a, that's a tremendous asset. And then they're turning right around actually to kind of make a virtuous cycle. They're turning right around and the, all those experiences that they're gathering from the field then go in to where our priorities are for the research program. So it's, so it's, that's something that, that I don't think any other um, team in, in golf can bring to a golf facility. It's, it's not always needed. It's probably infrequently needed, but when it is needed, we, we are here to, to help. You mean a, a direct line from the turf research labs to the, um, yep. the consumer, so to speak. Ex yeah. Exactly. And, and, that, and that's really like, if I, if I'm bringing anything to the, to the table in, in my role is trying to, um, maximize and accelerate you know, how we, how we, um, the, the great work that comes out of the, this research and get it into the field as, as quick and, and as efficiently as possible. Well, we thank you very much, uh, Dr. Matt Pringle, uh, director of the USGA Green Section, um, Brad Klein here for TurfNet Renovation Report, and again, thanking our sponsors, Golf Preservations, the Andersons, and Capillary Bunkers. Um, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Brad. Day. It's always great to talk to you. Same here. Thanks.